0: It's the Fantasy Football Show, with your host, Smitty. Top five running back. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Smitty. Take a laugh. Oh, yo, yo. Welcome. To the show, I'm your man Smitty. You are watching the fantasy football show live. And where's where are my tunes? Uh, we've got a, a, a solid show planned already. I mean, I wing a lot of these things to be quite honest with you. I plan out very little. You guys know me by now, I do so many live streams, I do so many Instagram lives, I do so many shows. So many uploads. If I was literally trying to plan almost anything out more than an hour before I go live. I literally, like, literally, like, I sit down about an hour before and I I plot all this out and go. First of all, news is ever-changing. Ever-changing. And when you have to deal with planning out a show, your entire show could be flipped completely upside down. You know, if you're planning this thing the night before. Kyler Murray News breaks today. Christian McCaffrey, news breaks today. All this stuff has to be done on a whim. What's going on, Rob? What's up? What's up, Cad? What's up, Avery? What's up, Powers? What's up, Logan? All of you, order. GMC, glad to have you here. Let's get right into the news. Kyler Murray, what have I been telling you all for months and months and months? Where's my Kyler Murray clip? I've been talking about this for quite some time. Kyler Murray is a real threat to eventually, potentially walk away from the game. Now, this is just, you know, him speaking in general about it when someone asked him about it. But I've been talking about this for months, and I'll read what I wrote, what I put up on uh, Instagram. So, first of all, the report was according to azcardinals.com. Uh, Kyler Murray continues to talk about playing baseball at some point. Now I said this for a long time. Now I've talked about this, and people people kind of came at me when I said that in Arizona before the Deshaun Watson drama unfolded. Okay, there was a lot of in like fan-driven. Let me remind you, fan-driven. The words coming out of my mouth, fan. Fan-driven rumors were that the Cardinals should trade Kyler Murray and an additional first-round pick in the future for Deshaun Watson. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Especially fantasy worlds are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down here. Kyler Murray and a first-rounder? We're talking football, not fantasy, okay? Watson is on another level physically. (laughs) Let me reword that. His talent in football is on another level than Kyler's right now. I'm, I'm in Arizona. I'm a Cardinal fan. I know what I'm talking about. So take off your fantasy football helmet real quick and try to absorb what I'm trying to tell you. Before the drama unfolded, in Arizona, a big, big movement was happening on local radio shows. In, in forums, everywhere you could think of that were saying people were going, why don't we go after the available, potentially available, Deshaun Watson in the trade and and, and and give up a first-rounder and Kyler and get ourselves to a Super Bowl appearance right away, out the gate. Watson's different. Watson, talent-wise, on the field is different. Kyler is good. Kyler, fantasy-wise, is amazing. In fantasy football, you could argue He's the number three quarterback in fantasy football. But from a football perspective, not to mention you'd put Watson and Hopkins back together, which would just be crazy. We'd be the Houston, the Phoenix Texans, the Arizona Texans, whatever you want to call us. We'd have to rename our team. Uh, but but this was talked about. This was talked about. And and sometimes fan-driven rumors can create a trade. They can create buzz and, and stuff that may, might not be there. Then the drama unfolded. Deshaun Watson may never play again. He may not play in 2021. He may play half a year in 2021. No one truly knows because there are no legitimate updates from what I've already told you guys uh, the last month or so. I've updated you. I have the most information on the Deshaun Watson situation more than anybody. I've updated you all from the legal perspective, the, the, the legal analysis, the the waiting game. We're waiting at different stages of the, the civil stuff because the civil stuff is driving the criminal track because without the civil accusations, if they settle and go away, the criminal side has no legs to stand on so it would fall flat. But it is waiting to move on based on what's going on with the civil. It's a big, big mess and And for people that want to say, Watson's going to be fine, like blindly say it, like they're just optimistic, you know, they don't even know what they're talking about. They don't know the details of this. Everything could settle. Okay, that's on the whole nother note. Back to Kyler. This is what I wrote today on Instagram. And If you're not following me on Instagram at the fantasy football show, just go to IG and type in the fantasy football show. Okay, you go to Instagram, you search, and I got news like this on there. Not to mention, it's all found at sleeperu.com, which can be found at smitty1.com. I make it as easy as possible to find me, okay? So don't tell me, hey, where do I get your stuff, Smitty? Everything is right there. In this news report, I write. I've reported on this for months now, and it's something that I've brought up right i brought up right when the deshaun watson watson trade rumors started swirling but before the watson drama began to unfold there are initial there were initial arizona rumors brewing mostly fan driven and again months ago that supported a watson for kyler narrative and again this is before watson the watson drama kyler was supposed to play baseball first if you guys remember when kyler murray was drafted what was he drafted like top 5 right top 5 in baseball Somebody confirm what pick he was. He was like number three or number two or four in MLB draft. In the MLB draft. He was like number four, number five. He said, hold on. I'm going to quickly, quickly play, uh, finish out football and I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Hold my seat. And he goes to the NFL. Like... You know, he, he made a business decision. What's up, Brian? Brian from LinkedIn. What's up, Brian? We got some LinkedIn people in the house. What's up? Um, what was I saying? I get sidetracked really, really easily, Brian. Brian, you just threw off my whole show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he said, wait a minute, hold my beer. I'll be right back. He didn't come back. He went to get ice. He never came back, okay? Okay. He left baseball, the MLB, just sitting there waiting, waiting for him to return. Okay, now they have now they have issues because they they were expecting this man to return and he didn't. Hit the thumbs up on your way in the door. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler, in two and a half years, said, you know what, ninth overall, thank you, Kenny. Two and a half years, he walks away from the game. I wouldn't be surprised. I've reported on this for months now, and and people didn't like it. Now that there's a legitimate source out there, or the actual ArizonaCardinals.com is reporting it, now I think people are going to listen. What's up, Voice of Reason? I don't think he walks away if the Cardinals are winning. I don't think he walks away if the Cardinals are protecting him. I don't think he walks away if everything is smooth, and, and there's a reason to be excited every single day he puts on a Cardinals uniform. Now, if things are very rocky in Arizona, if we can't protect him, if he is constantly getting demolished and clobbered because he is a small man. He is a small man. His line is here. And he literally, like as much as I love Kyler, this is Kyler Murray behind his line. Okay. There's a reason Kyler Murray rolls outside of the pocket. (laughs) Okay? Where's my music? If Kyler Murray's getting beat up and he, he has these aspirations to play baseball someday, he will at one point say to himself, will I have the ability if I'm not winning, if I'm not having fun, if I'm getting clobbered, if my my skills in football are deteriorating because I'm, I'm getting hit so much or whatever. If he feels decline or if he feels that the team's not winning, if he's not loving football, he will at some point. I'm just telling you it's been on his mind for a while and it's coming out right now too. He will at some point contemplate at least contemplate. Hey, if I keep getting hit like this, I won't be able to play baseball. Hey, I'm getting older. The opportunity to play baseball won't be there anymore. He will be forced to make a decision at some point where he says, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and just stay in, the, in a, stay in the NFL. We're doing good things. We can win a Super Bowl. I need to stay focused. Or we're losing. I'm getting clobbered. I'm always banged up. You know, a lot of things could fall apart. Now, I don't think anybody needs to freak out and go trade their Kyler Murray shares in Dynasty. I'm not trying to create a massive panic. I'm merely telling you, I've been talking about this for months. And my boy Yarks came on here and talked about it as well. In fact, he brought it up to me first when we were discussing this one time. And it has stayed with me ever since. I, I have Justin Herbert number three. And it, it's not just because of this. A lot of people ask me, why do I have Herbert 3 over Kyler? Are you crazy? We're talking Dynasty. Kyler is a beast. This is part of that equation. Why I have Herbert number 3 and Kyler number 4. Herbert, Herbert's only going to get better. A lot of you that, that, that like to judge Herbert right now for what he is. Oh, but he won't do this. Or... Can you see Herbert? For Herbert to be your third-ranked quarterback, Smitty, do you understand that Herbert would have to throw for like 38 TDs? Actually, Bob, I do understand that. And guess what, Bob? I am predicting that. I do believe Herbert has the potential to get better, Bob. I do. Unlike you, you've already determined this is how good Herbert will be. What we've seen is what we'll get. He's done. Herbert's already maximized his value. That's what Bob, Bob, or Steve, or Philip all the we'll start calling him Phillips on the show. That's what a Philip would say. A Karen, okay? That's what a Philip would say on the show. The Philip would say, "Er, we already know what we got out of Herbert. He can't get better." Look, a lot of you, you doubters of Josh Allen that you can't, you can't find him anymore. They, they went running and they hid. Josh Allen, as a rookie, I said would be a top four quarterback in the NFL and a top four fantasy quarterback. Coming out of his rookie year, running the football, everything this guy did in his first couple seasons. Everybody said, oh, he'll never be an accurate quarterback. He'll never be a very good passer. He needs to run. He's okay throwing the football. His accuracy will never get better. Everybody judging Josh Allen as if he cannot improve and become a better passer, become the elite quarterback that he is today. I get so tired of people making these 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 concrete uh, uh, evaluations and, and, and trying to lock them in after a player's played one or two years. Justin Herbert will get better. Justin Herbert is my number three dynasty quarterback in fantasy football. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because that's how I feel and this is my show. Kyler's still four. I'm an Arizona Cardinal fan. I'm in Arizona. I'm objective. I'm I'm objective. I don't tie myself to anything Cardinal. ASU. I can stay objective. I'm proud to be who I am and where I'm from. Walter Cronkite, School of Journalism. I'm proud. I'm proud of it, but I'm objective. Herbert's better than Kyler, in my opinion, for the long term. Maybe in 2021. So if we're talking Dynasty, hey, Smitty, you saying that Kyler cannot score Herbert in 2021? No, I'm not saying that at all. Kyler could absolutely outscore him. Kyler could be the number two or one fantasy quarterback in 2021. But guess what you do in Dynasty? You do have to consider year two, three, four, five. Because in two or three years, I think Herbert will be better consensus wise. Now, I get it. Not everybody's going to agree. That's fine. I don't care. It's okay. We don't have to agree on everything all the time but Kyler Murray as I say right here in my conclusion for now Kyler is a top three to five I I wouldn't call anyone crazy for liking a couple other guys more there are a lot of talented quarterbacks in fantasy football in 2021 and beyond there's no reason somebody can't like an A-Rod number three or four in 2021 redraft over Kyler it's not crazy it's not anybody could like Lamar number two or three. I don't, but it doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm right. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so that's Kyler. It, it It's kind of floating around now, even though I've been talking about it for months. It's, it's, it's a little bit annoying to be honest with you that, that now everyone's speaking about this. When, when I said it, it sounded so dumb to everybody. Well, guess what? It's true. It's true. Um, Next piece of news. So that's the Kyler stuff. Let's go to the Miles Sanders um, news and talk about this boy, Miles Sanders, who everybody's so amped on and, and, and upset at me because I have Miles Sanders doubt. Like, how can you hate Miles Sanders, Smitty? He is so good. He's so good. We keep we keep I'll read this. This is I think I put a good here. So, first of all, the news is Um Eagles running back coach downplayed the idea of an every down back, and he said some other things relating to like you know, an every down back, you gotta have this, you gotta have that. Basically just said to be an every down back, it's pretty hard. He didn't say, Oh, we've got that guy. Okay, so what I write here is how long are Fantasy Worlds going to bank on consistently disappointing fantasy football assets that cannot escape their environmental traps? Sanders doesn't have anything close to safe value in round three. I'd argue potentially round four too. He's a hard pass unless he falls a dozen or more ADP slots in the coming months. Even then, he has no lock to be grabbed by me. In the fourth round why because there are safer options in the fourth round especially the top you want to argue them at the bottom of four i'm okay with it again back to the the quarterback thing you can do whatever you want and i support you i will be here for you when things fall apart and you need to find a replacement for your miles sanders look kenny gainwell is one of the better PPR backs in the 2021 draft class. He comes on board to mess with Miles Sanders' PPR work. And you got a running backs coach here in Singleton that says, Hey, you, being a running an uh, every down back is tough. Especially in his mind. Because you've got to have all these different components. Pass protection, PPR, potential. And Gainwell comes in as potentially... A better receiving back already than Miles Sanders. You might like Miles Sanders. You might say, hey, he can he can catch a football too, Smitty. But guess what? Miles Sanders, or uh, Kenny Gainwell, can catch a football. And I know everybody's going to say, but Sanders is so talented, Smitty. How can they not? Look, when he was going 14 overall last year, his ADP was number 13 or 14 overall. You know what I was told left and right? Shoved in my face constantly. Why would the Eagles not use him? Who do they have? There's no competition. There's no... You got Boston... What's his name? Boston Scott? Great Scott, Smitty. You think Boston Scott's gonna come in and take away Miles Sanders' work? That's what you all came to me with, you, you Miles Sanders believers. And I don't blame you. You owned him. I know anybody defending him. If you're still defending Miles Sanders at like third round value after this report, all the reports I've I've thrown your way all offseason long. If you are still defending adamantly that Miles Sanders is a top three round player, you 100% own him in like five or six dynasty leagues. I can tell you that right now. There's no other explanation for you to dig your heels in And refuse to accept that Miles Sanders is as risky this year as he was last year. You have Doug Peterson. Clear as day last year. Was a running back by committee. Committer. This man committed to the committee. And all of you that were supporting Miles Sanders adamantly and aggressively toward me. Would just say, he's talented, Smitty. How could he... How can he not, how, how can he not be the starter, Smitty? I don't, he's talented. Doug Peterson doesn't care. And apparently the Eagles running back coach is telling you as clearly as he can that he doesn't care either. But people won't listen. People won't listen. I would take C.D. Lamb over Miles Sanders in a heartbeat. And guess who's available? I would say almost every single time Sanders is on the board and you're about to take him, C.D. Lamb. And you're gonna pass on C.D. Lamb for Miles Sanders because you feel you need a running back? Why not go and get Mike Davis later? And 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 I'm not saying I, I love 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 Mike Davis as your running back too, or something. But it depends on your build. But why not take C.D. Lamb and run the risk that you've got to take a running back like that later, or something, or you you find a different avenue to go with your running back stable. But forcing Sanders because you need a running back when you have a C.D. Lamb staring you in the face sometimes. A Clyde Edwards Alaire will fall to the top of the fourth round. I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And Order says he's been taking Lamb in the third Lamb, You're part of the problem, bro. You need to take a lap immediately. Take a lap. T- take a lap. Take a Okay, lap. because Order stop we gotta stop messing with Lamb's ADP. There are a lot of people, Order, that will come and say, hey. Um, why you keep talking C.D. Lamb in the, in the third round? He's like going the fifth in my, in my league. I just saw him going in the fifth round. I saw him going the late fifth, Smitty. Hey, Smitty, he goes at the back of the fourth. Order! Stop it! Everybody trying to draft Lamb in the third round, you're ruining his ADP. Okay, this man belongs in round four so we can all clean up and win our leagues. He'll still probably win you a league in the third round because he could be a top 1-5 to wide receiver. You know what I'm saying, order? But stop. Don't drive this man into the third round if we don't have to. We were doing a mock draft the other night, and one of you took him at like 2.12 so you could snipe me, and you're ruining his ADP. (sighs) Don't ruin his ADP, order. Stop it stop it I like Monty yes Kyle I like Monty over Sanders number one Montgomery was the fourth finishing running back in fantasy football last year yes I know their schedule was easy yes I know Cohen was out I I, bro I get it that's why Monty is a fourth round pick okay I think Monty's concern is all baked into his value if not Monty would be a first rounder based on his last year finish everybody that keeps saying that it's garbage I can't I don't understand it's it's so frustrating hey Smitty why do you like Monty why do you like Monty I don't love Monty okay Nagy's the coach in, in Chicago I don't love Nagy play calling Nagy's gonna play call Nagy's gonna play call that is bad They announced it. Nagy will be calling plays in 2021 from everything we're hearing. That is horrible. Horrible news. Okay. But Monty finished number four out of all running backs in fantasy football. I don't love Monty. Why? If he finished number four, why am I telling you to draft him in the fourth round? The people that come to me and say, Smitty... Why do you like Monty? He's going to fail you. Why are you predicting big things for Monty? I'm not predicting big things for Monty. If I was, he'd be in the first round because he finished number four. Oh my God. It's frustrating. <laughs> but when you're talking about Monty versus Sanders, I'm going with Monty. Monty's got his own problems. He's got Damian Williams. That coaching staff is, is, is looking to use, I can tell you. I don't know how much Cohen coming back Nagy calling plays There are a lot of problems Around Monty But Number 4 finisher Going in the 4th round I think we've got the Baked in risk covered Okay Swift or Sanders That's a good question Honestly neither Uh, their adps neither and i I don't even want to answer the question because it makes it look like i want you to draft one of them and i don't so even though we're not in fantasy football court just yet denied we'll get there though we'll get there lamb over a rob absolutely johnny lee okay you can argue, A-Rob, I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to make you take a lap on this question because A-Rob could outscore him. I'm not saying it's not in the realm of possibility. A-Rob could be a top eight wide receiver. It's possible, but I don't think a, a ro- incoming rookie quarterback, I know he may not start week one. That's what's being told now. Let's wait and see what happens as we get closer and closer to September. I'm tired of everybody talking in absolutes about who's starting, who's not starting. He won't start. Lance can't start. Jimmy G has to start. We're in June, people. We're in June. It is June 10. It is not September 1. No one knows. Saquon's going to be limited to 12 carries a game. Have you heard this, Smitty? No, he's not. And, and even if he's going to be limited or not limited, you don't know that. Nobody knows that. His own coach doesn't truly know how many carries they're going to give Saquon Barkley in week one on June 10, talking about September. It's ridiculous. Hunt or... Oh, I don't know. Somebody asked a question, and I don't know what the real question was. I see the answers. But yes, Johnny, Johnny Lee, I'm going lamb over A-Rob. 10 times out of 10, because as you've known, maybe you're brand new, Johnny Lee. But Lamb to me could be the surprise wide receiver that you would never even dream of ranking in the top one to four. That that will absolutely, in my mind, be the best candidate outside of Justin Jefferson, who some people do rank one to four, so that's why he kind of doesn't qualify. But of the people that you would be like, wow. Of those guys outside of the top four regular wide receivers, I could say Lamb could be number one in fantasy football wide receiver ranking at the end of the year. Scoring. I'm not saying he will. It's supposed to drop your jaw because that's the kind of deep call I'm trying to pull out of my my rear end for you, Johnny. And it's Lamb. It's not A-Rob. A-Rob has such a diehard support group. I get it. I appreciate it. I respect it. But it it reminds me of the, the A-Rob supporters remind me of the Julio supporters. It's like, I don't know if it's the typical person that doesn't want to let go of the past or they want to, I don't know. If Julio can still do it, maybe I'm not getting older. If Julio, as soon as Julio gets old, that means I'm old and it can't happen. Julio's got to be number five. He's got to be top five because if he isn't, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? Don't do it. Don't go, Julio. Don't go. Same thing with A. Rob. Like A. Rob is not an older guy, but people that want to lock on to this narrative that in Dynasty he's a top five guy, he's not. He's not. Could he play like that one year and not another year? Year, yeah, maybe. You know, and, and you draft him with upside that he could do that, sure. But Lamb, if we're talking, especially if we're talking Dynasty, Lamb over A. Rob all day long. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. It happens. It happens, bro. Kyle says, I want to take Lamb round four. Not sure who to take in round three. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of players you could take in round three, bro. You're talking about Mahomes. If you get to a point where you don't like, like you're saying right now, I don't know who to take. Like, If you don't know who to take, don't shy away from going Mahomes in the third round just because you can get other quarterbacks later. Like Mahomes has the potential with an extra game to drop 50 or 55 passing touchdowns. I mean, I don't think he'll do it every year. I'm not suggesting you ever count on that. But if you're sitting there and you see Mahomes at 3.4 and you're like, I don't really like, I don't want to draft a guy I don't believe in. I don't want to draft a Swift I don't want to draft any of these guys in. Let's say Gibson doesn't fall. Because Gibby, Gibby might fall. Gibby might fall because people are scared about the toe. They should be a little worried about him. That's why I like the fact that Gibson's falling. It helps protect and bacon a little risk. There is a risk involved. Toe injuries are bad. And the fact that his toe is still bothering him this late in the healing process is worrisome. It should already be healed. But Gibson makes a fine third-round pick. Clyde Edwards-Alaire makes a fine late third-round pick. You know, I like him. Clyde wins you a league in the fourth round. And at the very, very least, he earns his value back in the fourth round. Assuming, you know, you can't predict anybody might get hit by a season-ending injury in week one or the preseason, whatever. But assuming Clyde stays healthy, he will 100% Nothing's 100. 99.99% earn your value back at fourth round value. You could freaking hit a home run and win a league. But Clyde still win a league potential in round three. I love Clydey Boy in round in round uh, three. I'm, I love him more in round four, but I love him in three. And, and Lamb, I take Lamb in the, at the end of round three if I have to. Um, vo- uh, order, because people like you are driving his value up. You know lamb i will pay like let me preface this for you guys i will pay what i gotta pay for lamb but i don't want to have to overpay if i don't have to overpay and that's the advice i give all of you christian mccaffrey in a nutshell on miles sanders draft him if you want i'm not going near him i'm not going near him everybody that, that thinks that he has to evolve because he's talented you got another thing coming for you Talent doesn't always win out. Talent a lot of the times can win out. Okay, but talent is not everything. You know what's everything? Situation and talent merging together like a perfect storm. And if you don't have both, you've gotta have an overwhelming side of one and some luck. And I don't think Miles Sanders, if I had to tell you what luck looked like, what does luck look like, Smitty? What what does a bunch of what does a pot of luck look like? It's not a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. I can tell you that right now. And any Eagles fan in here will tell you too. No, a pot of luck is not in Philly. It just isn't. Okay, maybe it will be in two, three, four years from now. But Sirianni, I'm not feeling. Knows what he's doing any more than Doug Peterson did. And and they're not backing Hurts the way that they need to. I think he will win out. I think that's a situation where talent will win out there. And I think Devontae Smith was a great pick. They didn't botch that. So I'm hopeful that Philly can, the talent there can help drive this team forward. But Philly does not feel like the kind of team you're banking on knowing what they have in Miles Sanders. I'll tell you that right now. Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Where is this clip right here? There we go. Here we go. Panthers OC told reporters on Thursday that his mindset is unchanged on Christian McCaffrey's role in the offense despite an injury plague 2020. Music to fantasy manager's ears. McCaffrey saw an absurd 97% snap rate in week one in 2020. His only fully healthy game. Bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, rev your engines. If you're a McCaffrey owner, he's going to get just completely peppered with receptions, handed massive amounts of, of, of carries. We do have a little bit to worry about when it comes to McCaffrey staying healthy. Um, It's inevitable when you get fantasy football running back one, production, like, if you are a top, you know, fantasy quarterback, like, Christian McCaffrey, um, Cook, Camara, Barkley, Here's the top four running backs pretty much in fantasy football right now. Dynasty, redraft, whatever the case may be, right? So when you're talking about these guys, McCaffrey, he's getting so much volume. In order to be this high in fantasy football, you have to get tons and tons and tons of volume in order to be this guy. Even Henry. Your volume, you could make these guys interchangeable. Your volume is so massive. Anymore, you have a maximum of four to five years, I think, before you fall off the face of the planet Earth. And there are rare exceptions where maybe this year you don't quite fall off and you fall off midway through this year. And you kind of do it this year. We're hoping that's the case with McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's at this stage right here where he's getting the volume clearly that breaks you. And and at some point, a lot of us don't want to admit it. These are the same Allen Robinson owners I was just talking to. These are the same Julio Jones owners. What's going on, Julio owners? that can't recognize the pattern recognition here of what's going on with elite running backs after four and five years when you get volume that earns you. You can't earn a top one to four, one to five fantasy football ranking year in and year out without getting completely overworked. Decline is coming for Christian McCaffrey. Decline is coming. Caution. Decline is coming in dynasty. You got to get a little worried. Decline is coming for Cook. It is. It's less concerning with Kamara because of the divided workload, which has allowed Christian McCaffrey to go as long as he he has, which is why McCaffrey may be able to find his way into year six as an elite producing player. These guys have a special, uh, let's put a green, a special caveat where they, they could maybe go an extra... Extra... One to two years. But... you got to be concerned about Barkley long term. You've got to be triple concerned about Henry. Who has had 300 plus 400 carry seasons back to back. Plus a 2,000 yard season last year. This guy... Let's give him four exclamation point con, points of concern here. This guy worries the hell out of me. So what, do, what does this mean? What do you do when you have a number one, number two, number three overall pick in a dynasty draft? To be honest with you, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey if I've got the 1.1. But that doesn't mean I feel like he's got three years left. I feel like he's got one elite year left. And can I somehow squeeze out another one year? I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but it certainly doesn't feel like a lock of any kind. So let me tell you what what kind of feels more secure. If you're holding the number one pick in a dynasty, and you want to completely avoid that concern, this league feels very long-lasting to you. That's another thing, is if you're in a dynasty league, And the league is only, the league's only as good as how long it will last. If you're in a league with a bunch of new people, a lot of people you don't know, I can, I could try and find statistics on it, but I can pretty much guarantee you that if you're in a new league with a bunch of people you don't know, the likelihood of that league going more than three or four years before it just completely falls apart, too many people leave, you can't fill the spots anymore. And everybody says, let's just start over or uh, the league's going away. The odds of that happening with people you don't know are astronomically higher than if you have an existing league with buddies you can count on, you know will be around, you've done other leagues with leagues with them that have, have survived long, t- in a long amount of time. Like it, it it you need to you need to think about that when you're doing dynasty stuff. So, in a dynasty league where, you know, the longevity of the league is 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 in question, McCaffrey's the number one overall pick by a mile you don't consider trading down you don't consider doing anything of the sort if you're in a same thing you know with any of these picks right here but if you're in a league where it's brand new you don't know maybe one or two people in the league I, I, you know that that's when that's when a you know you you gotta I, I don't know if I said that backwards If the league is going to collapse, this is your number one pick. If it's not going to collapse, my advice is to go with an alternative plan, which is to trade down. And the guys, if you want to go running back, the guys you want to accumulate now in Dynasty. So these are the Dynasty smart running back plays. Smart running back plays. Harris. He's just getting going. He's just getting going. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Just getting going. He's young. He's in an amazing offense. It's going to be potent for a long time. It's a great, great, great player to grab. Um, I think that also... Let me pull up my rankings here and go through all the guys that I would recommend going after in in Dynasty um man Gibson's interesting but he worries me because he's never shouldered the load for a long period of time like the, these would probably be my favorite running backs if I had to narrow it down to two, for the long term to try and get the most out of a new dynasty build. Taylor, yeah, Taylor. Taylor's just getting going, so I'll, I'll put Taylor in there too. Um, I know some of you are gonna say Acres, but he's injury prone to me. I, I don't want. I don't want to dive into Acres ownership. I don't trust the Rams and how they use their running backs. Uh, I think you know, tr- you know, Trey Sermon's got his risks because you know he may not even start. So, like these feel like the the th- like the three safest for the value for what you're getting running backs in fantasy football for the long term, and and they don't cost you what these guys cost you. So in a trade down, it makes sense. What I'm doing in Dynasty if I think it could last a long time is I'm building all around wide receivers. I want three wide receivers that look like AJ Brown, Ridley, DK, Diggs. I don't care if Diggs is a little older than than the rest of them here. Um, Jefferson, of course. Lamb, of course, Judy, of course, McLaurin. That's what I'm after. And then of course Jamar Chase and Smith. These are your your players here. No Dobbins. Tony, not not in terms of the safety welcome tony not in terms of the safety like we're talking here like if i'm builded and i'm trying to get away from risk like dobbins is probably one of the riskiest um high high upside risky you know he's got some of the highest upside for the risky backs but dobbins is like the definition of what i'm worried about just because he's looking at gus edwards now getting a two-year 10 million dollar extension um the fact that they 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 do run the football off but everything's contingent on Lamar staying healthy and playing well but I do like Dobbins at the right price Tony and he's dropping and dropping the Gus Edwards signing might make Dobbins lower risk and get him into a comfortable place for me Tony but Dobbins Dobbins has top five to ten running back appeal but in dynasty I'm building around these guys I'm building around three if you can start four of them I'll build around four of them I don't care I'll I'll build my running backs up in a different way if I have to. If I'm feeling like this team that I'm drafting in and the dynasty startup is going to last for 10 years I want myself a quarterback like Allen or Herbert or of course Mahomes not even Kyler because Kyler runs a lot, worries me and I know Allen runs a lot too but he's also becoming a really, really damn good passer so I want myself a, a top, you know, three to four quarterback. I want myself, I want myself to have three or four of these wide receivers. I love Chase and Smith together with uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, I, then I get myself like a sermon. I try and get myself another running back. You you can build in ways that that make sense, but in Dynasty startups it's all about wide receiver to me. Yes, Kyle Pitts too. You could throw Kyle Pitts in here. Tony, any update on Deshaun Watson? All right, let's get to the rest of the news. We've got Michael Gallup. Let me uh, let me talk about this real quick. Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Uh, I don't like the idea of that uh, sports dude because. I try. I mean, it's okay to have like Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes and Hill, Mahomes and Clyde. But I tried to do an all Kansas City Chief team last year to see if it could work. And the problem is, when you're down, you're down, and you have more down weeks than you'd expect. And um, it didn't work. The team did not win. I granted, I had everybody, but I wanted to see what would happen on a high-powered offense. Now, maybe a different year it would work. I don't know. But I don't like the idea of you you stacking too many of them together. Like two of them, sure. But like, you know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill together, I mean, it depends on your supporting cast. If you still got a a J.K. Dobbins like Tony's talking about, or you still have a, a couple big guns, then yeah, of course it can work. You ended up doing an amazing, you know, build or whatever. But if you literally have those three, you probably don't have a whole lot of other talent. So it depends. I think you said you had Chubb in there, so that's good. Uh, if you got a, yeah you said along with depth like uh like Chubb. Yeah, I mean you could win with Chubb and that. Sure. But you could also lose four or five games, you know. The, you know, if Mahomes has a bad game or if Mahomes went down something like that. Tony says I haven't heard anything lately on Deshaun Watson. Thank you, Tony. Okay, Michael Gallup has lined up across the team's formation during all offseason practices. I bring up Gallup for a couple of reasons. One, there's not enough room for Gallup to be consistent in an offense that has CD Lamb about to climb to the to the peak of all fantasy football producers in 2021. You have Amari Cooper. What's going on, LaShawn? You got Amari Cooper who is gonna continue to do great things. You got Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, you can use both of them. Uh Jarwin, whatever. They've got a ton of talent. There's no room for a consistent wide receiver three. Where you're getting what you know what you're getting out of a week in a week out. He'll have a big game, then he won't do anything. He'll have a big game. You'll start him the wrong weeks. But why I bring this up is that if Amari got hurt, if someone goes down, I'm not going to even mention my favorite player on that team getting hurt. I don't need. I would all around. I'm still not doing it. But let's say Amari went down, or some other player went down. Gallup would be fed, and people don't realize how good Gallup is, and nor should they, because he, he's not used enough, but Gallup, before the team drafted CeeDee Lamb in the 2020 NFL Draft, I had a post ready to go, queued up, that Gallup was going to outscore Amari Cooper, and then the the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb, and boom, that I deleted that draft so quick, <laughs> I love I love Gallup. Talented guy. Talented guy. If opportunity knocks, he will deliver. I'm just saying keep that in mind in a in a dynasty league or a deep league where you literally are worried about your wide receivers staying healthy all year like it might line up to where he comes in and is used heavily. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Um Next piece of news. There's not a whole lot of other stuff I was going to bring up today. Julio Jones um, will attend Titans minicamp as he should. Look, if if Julio starts, the reason I'm bringing this up is if Julio starts, if they're reporting on him, oh, he's going to participate here. Oh, Julio Jones might participate here. They got to keep him healthy. He might do this. He might do that. Moving teams is tough on a wide receiver. And I know he's Julio and everybody's got the nostalgia here. And like, ah, oh, he's going to be the best. He's the best. Julio's the best ever. How are you not like Julio? Julio Jones is going to have a tough time staying healthy. They may hold him out of a lot of stuff, which will only hamper his progression in, in, in learning things very quickly and, and being able to be great right out of the gate. Um, I Just monitor Julio we got to figure out if he can even enter 2021 healthy. Wouldn't shock me if he got banged up before week one, you know, with the hamstring issues, the foot, whatever. Keep an eye on Julio. Could Julio have another elite year left? I think it depends how you define elite. I think, could he have a 900 to a thousand yards, maybe 1050? Let's call it 1050 for you people that get so angry when I say he might not have a thousand yards. You're like, Hard to Julio Jones. Not a thousand yards. Are you out of your mind? (laughs) 1050. Is that okay? Give him 1050 and five to seven TDs. He could do that. He could do that. In a run first offensive attack that already has an alpha one wide receiver. Alpha one wide receiver in AJ Brown. He's not going anywhere. Okay. I don't care how much you liked Julio Jones. I don't care how much he's your favorite player of all time and you own him in 87 leagues and you refuse to to admit that this guy could fall off at 32 years old with hamstring issues, foot issues and concerns, changing teams on a on a run heavy offense, a run first attack. I know you're so excited out there, John. Or Philip But Julio Jones is looking at a um, 1,000-yard season, maybe. 900 to 1050 and 5 to 7 TDs. That's what I'm thinking. Could he surprise me? I suppose. Anything's possible, but I'm not banking on it. No siree. We already talked about Watson, but there's more. Tony? If, if you have anything you want to include on this, chime in. I love when these players act like they can decide where they're going now. It just so happens that Julio did go to Tennessee after A.J. Brown was rallying for Julio to go to Tennessee. But <laughs> Julio also, or A.J. Brown also may have had insider information. Because remember when I talked to him, I asked him on a live right before all that went down. And I went live with Julio, or I'm sorry, A.J., And I said, A.J. Brown, do you know of Julio Jones? Do you have any insider information? Is Julio Jones coming to Tennessee? And he was like, that's above my pay grade. But he hesitated and everybody in the chat noticed and they're like, he hesitated. Like, just because he rallied for him doesn't mean that that's why it happened. I love that players think that they know they can dictate where they go. Like, number one, Houston has refused to trade Watson this entire process, even before the, tri- uh, the, the, the all the drama unfolded, they're like, we're not trading you. You can sit out. We don't care. We will literally light the house on fire and burn it to the ground before we will make you happy and send you elsewhere. Is basically, I'm paraphrasing, what Houston's stance was to Watson prior to all the drama unfolding with the Sean Watson right now, the legal issues. Before it all unfolded, that was the stance that Houston had. And even when things started to go south, and there was all these rumors that were surfacing at first—you know, two cases, ten, five, whatever—Houston didn't say, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Anybody want Deshaun Watson before his value goes down and down and down? uh, I will potentially, potentially consider trading him." No. Houston said, no, we're not trading him. I don't care what this news shows. We're not trading Deshaun Watson. They're literally ready to burn the house to the ground before they're going to make this man happy. And uh, um, this report here, Talib said uh, Broncos DB Kareem Jackson and former teammate Deshaun Watson told him that Watson wants to go to Denver. He wants to be in Denver. He can want it all he wants. It doesn't make it so It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Rob says 55 people watching and only 20 likes. He wants to know what's up with that. I also want to know why we have 55 to 70 people in the room. And only 20 20 of you are showing love to the fantasy football show. Punch the thumbs up. Help the channel. It's all I ask of you every single show. Okay? do rob a solid (sighs) wipe your feet wipe your feet answer my question for the like says Webb first of all Webb I don't take threats I'll answer your question anyway I would assume Webb because you love the show you would like anyway you know what I'm saying but Webb this is how I roll I don't, I'm not, I'm not scared. I just watched a BS video about selling Dobbins thoughts on how stupid that is, Smitty, question uh, mark. I don't know what the video said, bro, but Dobbins, it depends what you can get. Dobbins is a high risk, high reward player. It's neither stupid web to love Dobbins. It's neither stupid to doubt Dobbins. The only thing, only thing stupid Is to, I think, consider that he, to not consider that he has both ultra high risk and ultra high reward. You will either get a guy that does what Kenyon Drake did to many of us, including myself in 2021. Or what he did in 2020. That will either happen to you if you're a Drake owner in 2021. A Drake owner, a, a Dobbins owner. Let me start over. What Drake did to a lot of us in 2020, Dobbins can do to you in 2021. Get your hopes up, have a lot of talent, and get completely misused. There's a huge risk for that with Dobbins. But what Dobbins has is a particular set of skills. Skills he's acquired over his career. Skills that make him a nightmare for defenses like you. And jk dobbins if he gets the volume in both the ppr game and the running game and they run a lot but there's vulturing there's all kinds of stuff that that's going on there that could affect his value even in a run heavy attack gus edwards two-year 10 million dollar extension bro they like gus edwards whether you like him or not they like gus edwards there's a lot of reason to be worried about JK and there's an equal amount of reason to be amped up and absolutely pumped up for a third round value so Webb is it dumb to trade away JK no but it depends entirely what you're getting so throw an example at me Webb we'll play a name game and I'll let you know 2 says, "I we went from 20 likes to closing in on 40 in a couple minutes. Attaboy. a boy, hit the thumbs up on the way in the door. I feel like Najee until proven to be given to be lead back role will initially start off in a timeshare, maybe 50 to 60 percent of snaps. I don't think so, Rob. Maybe." Maybe, but I think they're going to feed him a lot. I think he's going to do well. But back to what I was saying about Watson before I got sidetracked. I derailed myself like I always do. Austin B. the Austin Twins. Where's my Austin chat? I need to do an Austin rap. Austin B. Dropping the super chat in my live. Austin B. From the Beehive. Austin B is the best, even though I love you all the same, whatever. (laughs) The rhyme ended. You're all the best. (laughs) Chat, I traded Odell and his seventh round valued pick for Travis Kelsey in my keeper league. Um, I traded Odell and a 7th round valued pick for Travis Kelsey. Bro, Austin, that's about as fire as you coming in with a super chat hot here in June 10. Um, That's a great trade, bro. Number one, Waller's older than Kittle. Waller and Kittle are no spring chickens. And everybody in the whole world seems to think Kelsey is like should be ranked lower in Dynasty than, than other tight ends. Like, I've Kyle Pitts maybe won quietly. Don't tell anybody. But, but, I've got Kelsey number two. I don't care if he's got two years left. And, and I know for a fact, Kelsey's going to get abducted by aliens entering his third year from today. So you only give me two years. I'm still drafting him as the second drafted Dynasty tight end or the number one. Quietly, Pitts. Don't tell anyone. But, I love this man. Going after Kelsey and Dynasty is probably smart. Pretty, pretty smart. Some people won't trade him. Know that. But if you can get away with, you know, taking him away. Because someone's worried about him getting older. I'll take two years in a Dynasty. Like I told you. A lot of Dynasty leagues end in three or four years. And people think they're not good. You want to say they're going to. Like, you ask somebody. Honestly, tell me. What are the odds this league will survive? Everyone, everyone, always says it's a good league because you wanted to survive. You're not being honest with yourself. You're like hey, it's a great league. Um, Steve uh, from accounting is in it. Uh, Bob from accounting is also in it. Uh, Steve's brother, they're tw- they're twins. They're both they they both date Maggie on floor ten. Bob brings his chicken salad to to work every day. He's consistent. I think Bob's going to stay in it. I really do think it's going to be a, a really good league. So many leagues end after three or four years, especially when they're created in a, a community, you know, like a, a, a forum or in a, in a chat, whatever. Like you create that, that fall apart. Somebody makes a bad trade. Everybody gets mad. I'm not playing in this league where you can trade blah, blah, blah for blah, blah, blah. This has been going ten years. At a boy, Austin B. Alright, where were we at? What's up, Uzi? No, I don't like mixing. Dobbins for mixing at a pick. I take Dobbins. That's with all the risk. I still like I still like Dobbins. Like Tony, are you still in here? I still like Dobbins, but he's not safe. I like rolling the dice sometimes. Bro, I like rolling die. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What are we doing? So, oh yeah, Talib. So, Cream, Cream uh, Jackson, who I might add is somebody keeps saying, "Hey, Smitty, what defensive back say that the Jerry Judy is the number one route runner in the league?" Cream Jackson has said no one runs routes like Jerry Judy. I know he's on the same team, but he's pretty good judge of, I think, who's a good route runner in the NFL. There are a lot of people who think Jerry Judy is top 1-5 to five in route running in the NFL already. But, back to Kareem Jackson. These guys want players to come to their team. Watson can desire to go wherever he wants. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't determine anything. It, the only thing that it can do the only thing that it can do is that if all things are equal, there's contract negotiations potentially involved where the team could say, hey, we can't make this deal unless you renegotiate, blah, blah, blah. That could guide a person to get drafted where they want. Like That kind of stuff can, can do it. Uh, but he has no say. No say. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about where Watson should go. If Houston doesn't want to trade him, number one, doesn't matter. Number two, they can decide to trade him wherever they want. They don't have to do anything. They want. They're obviously not going to do what Watson wants. Does anybody think that because he wants to go somewhere, that the Texans, out of all teams, if they were to decide to trade him, because he wants out more than anything, and let's say he avoids legal disaster and gets suspended just eight games for what he's done, because the NFL will suspend him at some point for something, because they will not, they they will not like what he's admitted to already he will get suspended for eight games minimum and let's say a team wants to have him do you think the Texans are really going to go out of their way to please this to 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 please Deshaun Watson with a landing spot no Ridley 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 now this is interesting because Calvin Ridley who I've had in my top one to five for a very long period of time. Getting ripped on left and right, did an Instagram post about four months ago and said, Calvin Ridley, top 12 wide receiver 2021, question mark. Top 12, are you crazy? He climbed, as soon as Julio was traded, this man climbed to like 10, 11, 12 overall. And and he's warranted there. He proved he's the number one wide receiver for a string of games, not one or two games, a string of games in twenty twenty. He was electric, elite, the man, the myth, the legend. And I'm not worried about him playing without Julio because, yeah, it would have worried me defensive attention would be different, double teams. But the team drafted Kyle Pitts, which will help fill a lot of the, the vacancies and voids in the offense and absorb a lot of the targets, command some defensive attention. And Mike Davis is also a very, very good receiving back I have no worries about Ridley being able to get open and avoid consistent double teams. And I I love Ridley in 2021. So, uh, you know, he didn't really move, but maybe one spot for me above A.J. Brown. Because I still have A.J. Brown in Dynasty, but in Redraft, for example, Ridley and A.J. Brown were like neck and neck. And so getting rid of Julio, but still having Pitts and Mike Davis made Ridley go right above him. But I didn't move Ridley up because I already had Ridley like to the max mount ma- the max of, of of rankings I could have him at like the max level of ranking that I could have him at. I love Ridley. Now Ridley had foot surgery. It's a, it appears to be minor, and it's freaking people out. Like there should be some concern, but the great, great news, the fantastic news, the amazing news is this could wash some of the hiking value that the trading of julio just created so ridley should be 12 13 overall but he wasn't julio jones made made sure of that so he's ranking like 15 to 20 julio jones gets traded ridley climbs up to 11 12 13 foot injury news comes out he drops back down to 15 17 18 I don't know if it will stick. As soon as we see Ridley's healthy, people aren't worried about the injury. Memories get a little bit, uh, things like this kind of fade from the mind and people don't worry about it after about a month or so. So maybe even if news doesn't really break that he's back and everything looks great, people might forget and he'll climb rankings. And, you know, when, when Barkley went down last year, early on in 2021 or 2020, there was talk about Barkley never returning to anybody's top five running backs. People are like, I won't take him in the first round next year, torn ACL, no way. And what did I tell you? I told you the the week after he tore his ACL. Time heals. Everybody will come back around. Once you see him running, once you hear he's doing well, once you put the injury out of your mind for enough number of months in a row, he will climb back into your top 10. He will inch inch his way back to the middle of the first round. And you'll have them in your top five or six running backs for 2021. That's how that works. Your mind is an amazing thing, but it can also have you thinking weird things. And, and you got to overcome those things. But Ridley, for now, for now, might have got a little bit of a, a fall in ADP again due to the foot injury. I'm not too concerned. It sounds like a minor thing. Uh, don't worry too much about that. And I believe that's all I have for the news. So now we're gonna get to a few mailbag questions. And these particular ones are interesting ones. So mailbag question number one. How can I trade a guy Trade away a guy like Swift. This comes from, I forget who sent this one in. Sorry. Sorry, bro. Why not? Why not CK what? What about CK what? Spell it out, bro. Spitty Jacobs, Hunt, or Sermon in a full PPR Dynasty running back two. Uh Give me Hunt for the now. Even in Dynasty, if you're thinking now, give me Sermon long term. How can I trade away a guy like Swift? Let's take this to the board. Is there a universe where Pitts goes from tight end to wide receiver? Um, yes. There's a world where that could exist, but I don't think that'll happen. But it's certainly, you can't rule it out. Um, Swift. If you want to trade away a guy like Swift, you first got to start off with a couple things. Number one, you go to the team's Every team's gonna give you a different opportunity to trade away Swift. It's all team-based. It's specific to whatever team you're going after, right? So number one, you look at a team and you see a a player like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So you gotta put CEH in the spot. Then you gotta ask yourself, is Clyde ranked higher or lower than Swift? Because that determines whether you gotta draw a line here or draw a line here, meaning I'm giving up more or I'm getting more. Swift is probably ranked pretty close to Clyde. You could potentially do an even swap. If he likes Clyde more, then you give up more. So you trade Swift and a second rounder. You trade Swift and a LaVisca Chenault. Um, You trade Swift and a Chark. Staying with a couple names that are coming to mind, you trade Swift and I don't know backup tight end. You trade Swift and whatever you need to do to get out of this to get into a Clyde Edwards-Aller. Now Clyde's got his risks, Swift has his risks. Like there's risk involved on both sides. I just determine this risk as less, you know, of an issue because number one, his team is potent. Number two. He has no no competition. He is the, the number one on his team. Number three, he did what he did last year without PPR production. And the PPR production is coming. So they're, they're, the only risk you have here is maybe he gets phased out of games. But if the PPR work comes, he can't get phased out of games. The only reason he got phased out of games last year and game scripted out is because... He didn't have the PPR work. Well, this year he'll probably be prepared because of not having this pandemic type off season that he had last year. He's learning the offense. Clyde feels pretty darn safe at three to four round value. If you're getting Clyde at at three to four round value, you're getting a steal. Swift has a bad offense. He is not the number one. He's in a running back by committee. And if you say no to that right now, in the comments, you're taking a lap. Swift is a running back by committee back right now. His own coaching staff, his own offensive coordinator, just confirmed it. In fact, he called Swift his B-back. So if you need more examples of how to let go of your Swift fascination... I don't know what to tell you. He's your B-back. Jamal Williams is considered his A-back. You can't even read that. It's below, sorry. J. Will is his A-back. That is what the OC has come out and just said. This is his A-back. Now, I know what you're going to say if you're a Swift Dynasty owner. But, Smitty, that's not true. (laughs) Well, you know what? Take it up. Take it up with Lynn. Take it up with the coaching staff. That's what I have to say to you. Like you could believe in Swift. I'm not going to be mad at you. But I trade Swift for Clyde all day long. Every single day I trade Swift for Clyde. Over and over in my dreams. I toss and turn dreaming about this scenario, swapping Swift for Clyde. Dreaming about it. Do I give Judy? Oh god, I don't I don't like this. Avoid giving Judy, bro. Who said that? Mighty buffoon, I mean, it's a good question. You're trying to like test where where my limit is on keeping Swift. I don't want to do this. I'll do something else over this. I'll figure it out. There's no way I'm giving Swift or Judy up, but I'm trading Swift. Get out of Swift. Now, another, another way you can potentially make this work, let me, I gotta get another marker. Okay, so Swift for, so you go to another team. Go to a team that has let's say you go to a team that has Judy let's use Judy you ask yourself which one's more valued Judy or Swift fair market value not in your mind not in Smitty's mind you gotta make trades that, that are smart the bottom line is the team that has Judy is probably way willing to come get Swift for Judy so the value of duty is much lower than Swift. Therefore, you have to ask for more. So plus what? What else can they give you? Can you swap your second rounder for their first rounder in the future? Can you get like a 2023 first rounder? Can you get all kinds of other things? Can you upgrade your quarterback quietly? Can you upgrade your tight end quietly? Do you need a tight end? Can you go after a tight end? Are there other options of maybe... um Maybe you could get, maybe you could give up a um, Keenan Allen and ask for a, a lamb. Maybe you could do something like that. Figure out a way to get rid of Swift and another player to upgrade this player. Because bottom line is, Swift is worth more than Judy. You have to get more. So you may have to throw in two very close and similar players that you quietly love more so that you can get two players that you like more than these two players. It is tough getting rid of a player like Swift right now because there's a lot of negative buzz going on. I just put marker all over my arm too. Okay, good question though. I forget who it was. Sorry, I didn't write down uh, who asked these questions. Uh, Smitty, show me. I got another question like this, but it, it was very, it was very worded different. Show me. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people <laughs> sent a message like that on, on the weekly. Smitty, show me. <laughs> show me your. Show me. Show me kind of team. I copied and pasted this, so he didn't write it out clearly. Smitty, show me of team from the 1.1 I think you mean show me your favorite team from the 1.1 that's how I took it when I grabbed the comment from the 1.1.6 okay so drafting from here's the first round here's the second round here's the third round here's the fourth round we'll just go five rounds bro show me your favorite oh you can't even see it Three, four, five. There. (sighs) Smitty, is there a reason you're fading Gisicki? Um, I don't... Honestly, man, Kenny, I I mean, it's a good question because some people like him, but it's not that I'm fading Gasicki. I just was never high in him, and so I'm remaining not high in him. I don't know. I'm not a big Tua fan. Um... I don't hate Kasicki. I just don't. I've never had him super high. So my favorite team from the 1.1 would be Christian McCaffrey. And then at this 2-3 turn, probably my favorite two picks um, or my favorite two approaches would either be to go um, like a DK and Jefferson And then in the fourth round, and fifth round, you could get a guy like, like, I mean, imagine if Clyde fell. He probably won't. He's probably going into the third, but I'm just saying imagine. I just wanted to like write that in there. That would be one of the best teams you could draft. Gibson's falling, but probably not that far. Gibson's falling from round two into round three, maybe top of four, but you're not gonna get him in, in the late four. Uh, running backs that you could fall into in the fourth round. That's a tough one. JK's going in three-ish. You're not going to get him. You could get Monty. So, like, if, if I'm drafting, this could be the problem, your running back here. But I'm not worried or scared of that. Like, I'll fill this with a bunch of different guys. I'm okay with Monty and I'll have Sermon later. I'll have a bunch of different guys that, that can fill that void. But more importantly, I love the, G, the DK Jefferson builds from the 1.1. The question was 1.1 and 1.6. If I was to go running back, um, let's say I was to go, like I, I think my second favorite, I don't know that this will happen very often come August because he'll climb. But right now, Harris is sometimes falling there. We might have to use Harris in the 1.6 example more so. But, like, if you could get Jefferson and Harris, that would be ideal. But the one you can land pretty much every single time is Christian McCaffrey, Jefferson, and, like, a DK. Or Ridley used to fall there, but now Ridley doesn't. Maybe A.J. Brown falls here. Um, You could also uh, put a, you know, plethora of wide receivers in this range. Like, Hopkins, sometimes he falls, sometimes he goes in the top 14. Um, DK, uh, you know... I think MT sometimes falls here. So if you were to go running back here, but I I love this McCaffrey and two wide receivers, if I had to, to say my, my favorite, my favorite approach. Now if we're talking 1.6 My favorite 1.6 draft approach, I would probably say that 1.6 is tough because I, I guess JT, if JT falls. So JT in the middle of round one. Right here, Najee Harris. For those of you that want to see a running back, running back build that I do, I'm not always wide receiver driven. Like it depends on the draft slot. So JT and Harris would make a fine one, two punch there. You can still oftentimes get Jefferson. And then you can oftentimes get Lamb in round four. But imagine that team, bro. And then Herbie in five. Like, look at this team. You got Herb. You got Herbs. JT. Harris. Jefferson. And Lamb. Holy crap. I love that. That's probably my favorite 1.6 team. If you can pull that off. And if you can't get Harris, I suppose you could do this. This would be an alternative if Harris doesn't fall. Because Harris could go as early as, like, the one, 11-12 the come August, even a redraft. But if we did uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire here, and, you know, you reach on Jefferson, or you take DK or someone like that. So JT, Clyde, so JT and Clyde, Lamb, and Jefferson still. And then Herbert, like those are some dope-ass teams from the 1.6, man. Absolutely love that. Good question. And the final mailback question, and then we go to Fantasy Football Court. Start getting your your fantasy questions ready because I'm going to be blasting through. Uh, Do, this is, I like this one when I saw it. Why do you draft QBs early? It's not smart, yo. You know what's not smart, yo? Assuming that I draft quarterbacks early, who said I draft quarterbacks early? Is Herbert in round five early? Yo, is uh, is Aaron Rodgers in round five or six early? Yo, and and I got I got a question for you. What about all my Russell Wilson content? This year's version of last year's A Rod, when all of you were doubting A Rod over and over again. He's garbage. He's gonna be horrible. Did you you see the decline? He declined. He didn't decline. If you had yourself focused on the details, Adams was hurt and hampered all year. And so they had to shift everything because they had no wide receivers into a run-heavy attack that they were going to revert back to. And in 2020, everybody passed on A-Rod. And the question I got all the time was, Smitty, who's the breakout quarterback? Who's the breakout quarterback? And I said, you're not going to understand this answer, but it's Aaron Rodgers. And people are like, what? Like, number one, he's washed up. Smitty's 36 years old. <laughs> number two, how could he be your breakout? He's a, he's already broken out. Everything revolves around ADP. Avrod was going in 8, 9, 10 last year. Eighth round, ninth round, 10th round. Guess where Russell Wilson's going in 2021 early drafts? 8, eight 9, 10? Russell Wilson equals A-Rod 2020. Russell Wilson is one of the biggest steals in fantasy football in like the 8 to 10 round range. Russell Wilson can be a top 4 or 5 quarterback in fantasy football and you can get him in rounds 8 through 10. So, am I an early QB drafter? No. No. What I do, Billy Boy 12, whatever your name was, I didn't write your name down either. I advocate. I'm an advocate. I advocate for early quarterback drafting when it makes sense. I defend my early quarterback drafters and by early, I don't mean round one in a one QB league. If we're talking Superflex, everyone is an early QB drafter. Mahomes goes one overall. Josh Allen goes number two overall. We're talking about We're talking about super flex. Not a game, not a game, not a game, super flex. Okay, but when we're talking one QB league, early QB is Mahomes at 2.10 to 3.05. And if that makes me an early QB drafter, because I'll do that when it makes sense, then I guess I'm an early QB drafter. But more so, I'm an advocate of early quarterback drafting. Because when you're drafting... And you're sitting here at 3.1 and you don't like who's there. The reason I don't draft Mahomes over and over and over in 2021 mock drafts is because I love who's there at 3.1, 2.12, 2.10, almost every single time I'm on the clock. Why? Because Jefferson or DK or Ridley or A.J. Brown, the wide receivers I keep telling you to draft are almost always available. So it does make it less likely to see me drafting Mahomes in 2021, because every year is a case by case, situational, situation to situation basis type thing. And if you're on the clock, let's say at, I don't know, 3.4, right here, in the third round, and let me switch over. So you're at 3.4 in the third round. And Jefferson's gone. He's gone. AJ Brown is gone. DK's gone. Obviously, every other wide receiver is gone. And we're talking about drafting Swift. Or we're talking about drafting Sanders. I can't even write today. And you're talking about drafting a Rob. I know you guys love a Rob. No, no offense. You're talking about drafting players like that when all things start breaking down, and I don't feel like I have a number, a top five to ten running back or a top five to ten wide receiver lock on my hands. Mahomes. Mahomes gets drafted by me every single time. So my early QB drafter, because I love Mahomes at 3.4, 3.5, if all of my top wide receivers are off the board, I guess so. I guess I'm a freaking early quarterback drafter. And I, I don't care. I like it. If that's early, I'm great. And let's go over this. Let's take Mahomes out of the equation. Let's say I get Jefferson here 10 times out of 10. Okay. Am I an early QB drafter because I like, let's just say in this range right here, Josh Allen? Or if I've got to trade up right here into this pick, let's say I take Jefferson just to get him off the board. And I trade up. I'm not even showing the screen again. <laughs> and I trade up into the bottom of the, of the third round. And I get Allen. Am I a crazy, crazy drafter? Because I like trading up to Allen... My uh, early quarterback drafter... Because I like him at 3.10... Or 3.08... I guess I'm an early QB drafter... I'd trade my 5th rounder... And 6th rounder... Up to get Josh Allen... At 3.08... Because I don't care so much about this pick... Like That's like taking this pick... And moving it there... And giving up this pick... But what I do also love and this might make me an early QB drafter, is that in round five, I love me some Herbie. Give me Herbs all day in round five. Herbert, if that makes me an early QB drafter, then I'm an early QB drafter. Because I love Herbert in round five. You know what I also love is getting the breakouts downstream. Okay? Who who told you here... To draft Mahomes. His breakout year. Who told you that Josh Allen lived here? I did. So I love developing. And cultivating. Quarterbacks late. But that doesn't mean I don't pass on quarterbacks. Early as well. Because then I trade one of them. When I do develop a Mahome. Or I develop the next Josh Allen. Or I, I land a Russell Wilson around round 8 when everyone's sleeping at the wheel good question. though so now it's time for a fantasy football court with your man Smitty time to get your questions in post them below and it is time for court court is in session Judge Smitty is presiding herbert over Devonte smith in the fifth round in a dynasty startup i assume i love both of them i feel like Devonte smith is great value there i'm gonna say it depends on your build i'm gonna say i don't hate either one of those i'm gonna say that in two different parallel fantasy football universes i might be okay with either option bro so i'm gonna go ahead put your question on screen. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and give you a no contest ruling. Case dismissed. Hung jury. Complete waste of the court's time, Kenny, because you bring up two massively important people I love in all formats, Kenny. Case dismissed. Smitty, what value would you want for guys like Julio and Henry in Dynasty? Well, let me tell you something. Henry's going in around 3.1, 3.2, 2.10 if you're lucky in a in a Dynasty startup. So no one's trading this man for what you, you're paying in redraft. Which means people are worried about him. You know, we're at the end of the road. Do we have one more year left? Do we not? As far as Henry... You might be able to trade both for one player. You might be able to trade both for like a Najee Harris. You might be able to trade Henry for Clyde Edwards-Alaire still. You may have to give up even a little more like a, a late second round pick or something in a rookie draft. But I would go after guys like Clyde, Justin Jefferson, um, you know, CeeDee Lamb. I, you get more than CeeDee Lamb for Henry because Lamb's going third, fourth round. Henry's going top of the third. But I think you got to start targeting some youthful players like that. And Jamar Chase, I like a lot. Devontae Smith, maybe you can get two players, one of those guys being included for Henry. As for Julio, uh, you know, I I think you could try and trade him with something to kind of upgrade at a position. So, in the case of, like, let's say... uh, a sermon like I, I I would be trying to use Julio Jones to get myself a quietly sleeping giant type player that that like Sermon could jump into your lineup and be a top five to ten you know running back for for per start if he gets in there like I go after Sermon I go after Michael Carter uh, I go after guys like that with Julio Jones maybe even a Rondell Moore. If you can get Rondell Moore and your draft has already happened. If not, I'm trying to trade Julio for a pick that will land me Devontae Smith. ETN or Kareem Hunt? I am going to assume this is a dynasty and redraft question. Hunt? I'm going to assume, Hunt, that you're leaning Hunt because you and Hunt share the same last name. In redraft. The advantage goes to Hunt because he outscored Chubb last year. The volume's there for him. Chubb is very injury-prone, in my opinion, and Hunt could have a pretty darn good year. And they're going to run a ton. The Browns are exciting to a lot of people, I think they have a, a real chance to, to have double-digit wins and, and and maybe win a playoff game or two. Some people will say that's disrespectful, that the, the Browns should be given more credit than that. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender, and they're the best team ever. I get it. But they're the Browns. The Browns are the Browns. I still love what they're doing on the ground in Cleveland. And Hunt could have a big season. ETN gets the nod in Dynasty because he has the potential to be an Antonio Gibson Alvin Kamara but we just don't know what we're dealing with yet with Urban Meyer and how he's going to use the running game and how he's going to divide up ETN. ETN is supposed to be a wide receiver this year. I don't even know if that's just coach speak and he's going to be Antonio Gibson used or if he really will be used just as a wide receiver. Watson, Pollard, or Wentz, Jamar Chase. Easy, easy call. We don't even know what's happening with Watson, man. Watson may never play again. He may. Sitting out may hurt him. He may come back and still ne- and never be able to regain his old former form and self. We don't know what we're dealing with with Watson. I don't love Wentz. I don't want you starting Wentz. I don't know if you have a better option. But Chase is more valuable than Watson and Pollard combined. And I love Pollard. Pollard could win a league, but he's a win-a-league Crafty sleeping giant, not a guy you're counting on. Jamar Chase in Dynasty by far. Jay Webb, without a threat of unliking the, the video, Jay Webb's going to ask a question. I have the 1.2, 1.4, 1.7 on an already defending championship team. He's flexing. Should I reach for Sermon at 1.7 and take uh, Elijah Mitchell late since I already have Gallman. Okay, um, seven's not reaching for Sermon. You're gonna have to pay that for Sermon. I don't think that's reaching at all. Do I like Michael Carter a little more than Sermon? Maybe maybe a little bit right now, but I feel like I'm inching closer to liking Sermon more than Carter off of just the the sheer upside if, if Sermon gets in there. Carter could be in a running back by committee to kick off the year. I think he'll eventually win out. His talent's good, but what if he gets banged up and and, get, and falls behind? One point seven all day long sermon is not a reach. I don't hesitate. Stop calling it a reach, Webb. But if if Devonte Smith's there, you better not pass on Devontae. Devonte is my number three, and, and people people actually people actually send me messages that say. Hey, who do I take here at this spot? And they list off. I'm at 1.7 in a rookie draft. I'm on the clock, and they list off a bunch of you know decent options. That I'm like, okay, I like him. I like him. You know, Waddle. Yeah, I'm not super high on Waddle, but I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Um, you're, you're you're talking about Bateman here. Okay, I mean, I don't like him here, but and then they go and Devonte Smith there. He's my number three. I mean, you could argue Pitts, Smith, Smith, Pitts. I go back and forth. You know, it's, it's Harris and Chase or Chase and Harris. But it's Devontae, Smith, and Pitts. It's all four. But Devontae, Smith, is arguably my number three overall rook, ranked rookie. And these people leave him out. Leonardo, 1.7 for Sermon is a reach. No, it's not. At all, Leonardo. List off. Who you like over Sermon. It's not a reach. It's not a reach at all bro. You're going to be paying. Like Leonardo. Leonardo. Sometimes we're ahead of the curve bro. Here on the show. And it's a lonely road. Maybe we are one or two spots ahead of what you're looking at. But come draft day. We have the pulse. We have the temperature. We've taken it well. And Sermon will be gaining value. Leonardo. Leonardo. And maybe you're not seeing it in every league, but he most certainly is not a reach at 1.7. 1.7, 1.8, 1.9. In a very novice league, where there aren't a lot of draft sharks in the league, they don't know he's coming. So take advantage of Leonardo. Like you probably have. Your grandma doesn't know what's up in fantasy football yet. Your grandma ain't looking at this stuff like you are, Leonardo. You're watching a a year-round show here on the fantasy football show. Your grandma, your cousins, they don't know what's up. They're waiting for magazines to come out next month. So yeah, of course, Grams doesn't know about Sermon. But if you're playing in big boy leagues, people know Sermon's coming. And if you want them, And you don't want someone to get cute and take Sermon before you. You better take him at a a big boy 1.07 pick. Because you ain't going to get him at 1.12 with a juice box in your hand, Leonardo. It ain't going to happen. Curtis Samuel or Debo was your second question. I mean, anything can happen. I'm not discrediting the value of a Curtis Samuel Debo probably I like a little more, but bro, none of these guys are in my lineup. Um, neither one of them start for me on on Sundays. Uh, I'd rather fill those spots with different guys. But De- Debo, if I had to pick, okay, Sean, Smitty, do you think Gibson is a trap player now, especially with the big stake in the big stakes leagues? No, Sean, I think Gibson. Unless news breaks that Gibby needs surgery. Unless news breaks that Gibby's out. I don't care so much about the toe issue right now. Like, it worries me a little bit, okay? And the guy's never been a full-time back at the college level. He literally had 30-something receptions and 30-something carries in all of college. It's crazy. Like, when you hear that, you're like, what? Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that? You mean in one year? No. Gibby literally gibson literally had 30 something rushing attempts and 30 something receptions at the college level which is good and bad at the same time good because damn the guy has no mileage it's like getting a brand new car delivered to you you know on a tow truck it didn't even drive to your house you didn't even drive your car home you literally were handed the car dropped off with zero miles at your front door this is carvana who should be a sponsor of the show they're not Player Vana. This is Player Vana. <laughs> anyway. Gibson's not a trap. Is he an injury risk? Yeah. But if he falls from like mid-second round, like 18 overall, 24 overall value, into the third round, maybe 4.1, you got risk baked in, baby. Baked right into that bad boy. I, I He's not a trap gibson's not a trap don't draft him in every league don't put all your eggs in one basket you do not want to be left having all your leagues get taken down by one player ever okay i'm only doing all eggs in one basket you know with like jefferson lamb sometimes i, I catch myself but i can't, can't help myself i can't help myself sean if, you, if this is your guy which it doesn't sound like it is I don't blame anybody for doing an all eggs in one basket thing, but I, my advice—I'm here to try and guide you away from that. Sometimes a therapist—I have a psych degree, okay? No, not from the wall. I got—I got a—I got, got a. This is a different degree from Walter Konkite. I got a, a psych degree first. That's my first, my first degree. I didn't use it. I didn't. Use, I use it every day here. I, you know, I'm 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 a I'm a ear for you guys. I listen to you. You you know you tell me how your thoughts. You lay on the couch. This is kind of what we're doing here, right? We're using the psychology. But it's a, you know, it's a mind game. Fantasy football is a mind game. And and a lot of people overreact. A lot of people underreact. You got to use, you got to use logic. You got to use stats. You got to use predictive stuff. But you also got to use your heart and, and make the right calls. I don't know where I'm even going with this. Gibson, not a trap, not a trap. I like him. I like him. Najee Harris in PPR redraft. I've heard this topic a lot. I'll go with Najee Harris because he... Oh, this isn't even a question. Why are you posting this right now? It's okay. You can answer comments in the chat. I'm just joking. League is down on CD so I can get him with that mid-fifth and Herbert with the other fifth. That would be great, Jack. You know, you're talking to somebody else, but I, I, I Smitty approved both of those. CD Lamb shouldn't be dropping to round five, though. What kind of league are you playing with? you played playing in the same league that that guy was playing in with Grandma? CD Lamb in round five? Are you kidding me? How are you getting CD Lamb in round five? What is your grandma doing? Is your grandma not watching the show? Are you so selfish, Jack, that you don't share the Smitty1.com link with your own grandma? that's been there for you, picked you up from school, made you a toasted ham sandwich, cut in four squares, grandma took care of you all those years, and you have the nerve and the selfishness not to spread this link, smitty1.com, and allow your grandma a fighting chance to to play against you as you're in your basement eating those square-cut ham sandwiches that grandma just cooked for you? You should be quite ashamed of yourself right now, Jack. Quite, quite, quite ashamed. Contempt of court, no show for you for one week, and grandma gets to watch, and not you. Next question. Jack, I do appreciate you. Uh, thoughts on Darnell Mooney? Is value going forward. I love Darnell Mooney. We'll put some questions here in the queue. Questions in the queue. I love Darnell Mooney. I think his value is going to go to the moon soon. Mooney to the moon. Mooney to the moon. That phrase has been approved. Mooney to the moon. Don't overdraft him. But he's going like in double digit rounds. Mooney could be your wide receiver three. Totally Smitty approved. Leonardo's back. If you were worried about Dobbins and his role with Gus, what type of move would you do to give him away? Great question, Leonardo. What I would do is I'd go to to Grandma's roster. I would look for a player like Clyde. And there's a risk there, too. Like, you could come at me, Leonardo, and say, Clyde's risky. How do you like Clyde? Like, I get it. Like, we all have our players we like. I would go after a Clyde. I would go after a Clyde. Um, I would go after cross-position. Because if you find a team that has a plethora of wide receivers, Leonardo, like a CD Lamb, like a Justin Jefferson more so. Because Lamb, Lamb's lower ranked than JK. You need to get more than Lamb. Even though I like Lamb more. Don't tell anybody, uh, Leonardo. That's between you and I. I like Lamb more. But, but, Jefferson would be fantastic. If you could pull that off, maybe JK in a second rounder for a wide receiver. If you've got a cross position, but my guess is you're to get rid of JK at the right price. You gotta, you gotta figure out how to, how to, I think, go cross position. Um, Somebody send me their grandma, a video clip on Instagram, go to the fantasy football show on Instagram. And by the way, in the last 12 minutes, anybody that follows me on IG, I'm going to shout you out. So go to The Fantasy Football Show on Instagram and, and and follow me. But I want someone to screen record their grandmother saying something nice or angry at, about the show. I don't care, either one. And I will put it on the next The Fantasy Football Show. Maybe like right around the intro. Just get Grams in here doing something. Somebody send me their grandma talking about the show. Let's make this a movement. Uh, D.W. is on the clock now, D.W., people, hate my Cowboys, um, in regular, but C.D. Lamb ain't getting the fifth even most, of, what, I'm trying to read this, my Cowboys on draft day in the regular, but C.D. ain't getting to the fifth even amongst all haters, okay, yeah, you're right. CD Lamb ain't falling to the fifth round in big boy leagues. Only juice box leagues, bro. Only juice box leagues will CD Lamb fall. Chubbs value in 10-team league. Chubbs value in a 10-teamer. And I'm going to shout anybody out that's following me on IG. Steven, thanks for the follow, bro. Appreciate you, Stevie boy. Chubbs value in a 10-team league. PPR. I'm going to say... I don't like chubby boy in the first round, I just don't. As your second drafted player, redraft, I don't mind it. You can't really cuff him. Hunt's going way too high to be a cuff. I worry about him getting hurt. I can't make him my first drafted player. So my answer to you is he can't be your first drafted player in my mind, you can do whatever you want. But I I worry about injury, I worry about the timeshare. I worry about a lot of things with Chubb. He had one of the most gruesome knee injuries in, in college football history. That's going to eventually his knees will break down, especially the way that he runs the football, how aggressive he runs, and the overworked between the tackle work that this guy gets. I'm especially in a 10-teamer, he's not on my top 10. I'm taking JT over him. I'm going back-to-back wide receivers, especially in a 10-team. Let's see you had the 10-pick. You go, you go two wide receivers. You take Adams or whoever the hell you want to take with DK. You maybe get Jefferson. You maybe get Clyde and Monty later. You maybe get Clyde and uh, a JK or a Gibson because he falls. There's a lot of ways to fill your running back spot with a guy that I think can compete with Chubb's level of talent and ability to stay healthy. So some total points, I think there's a ton of guys in that third, fourth, fifth overall picks in a 10-teamer that you could fill and get yourself a locked and loaded wide receiver a set of them at ten and eleven, or whatever pick you have. Next question: Is Odell Beckham Jr. out of his prime? Where would you have him fall in order to pick him? Uh, I'm refreshing IG. If you follow me, I will shout you out. G G G G G. I, I don't know how to say your your username, but thank you for the follow, Quadruple G. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I'm not banking on at all. I'm out. I mean, if he fell to, like, my wide receiver 3-4, which I don't think he will, I would take a shot on him, but I'm not expecting anything. I'm not excited about him. I'm not expecting anything. I forgot he even existed until you posted this question, Miles. He's out of my mind, off my mind. He's blown my—we don't have trust. Odell and I don't have— trusting relationship anymore I'm not I'm just not going near him he's not falling anywhere near where it makes sense for me to draft him thoughts on Fitzmagic Damon so no on Odell thoughts on Fitzmagic I love him for 10 games but can he stay healthy for 16 I don't think so bro Um, but I love him for McLaurin. I love him for this Washington offense. I think the Washington football team getting Fitzpatrick. I was a little worried about this offense before they they acquired him. Once they got Fitzmagic, my, my win loss record prediction changed dramatically for Washington. Washington's looking like a 10, 11 win team minimum with that defense and with Gibson and Heineke. I kind of like Heineke, bro. Like if Mad if Fitz Magic went down, not he's not replacing Fitzy Boy, but if Fitzy Boy went down after his usual 10 games, the beard is heavy, you know, heavy heavy is the head that wears the beard. And, and Fitz his head's a little, you know, held down 10 games is about what he does. If he stayed healthy though, man, Fitzy's gonna do well. Fitzy's good. Fitzy's a great second QB in a two QB league where you went dirt cheap at your QB2. Like you, you, you didn't, you forgot it was a two QB league. And you're like, shoot, I gotta draft somebody. And then Fitzy's sitting there because he's so old, no one wants anything to do with him. Elijah Moore, a wide receiver three flex option in 2021. Certainly could be. Um very low end like don't don't overinvest invest in, in dynasty i like them a lot in redraft i don't overinvest. like we're talking wide receiver four that could potentially turn into a flex for you but you don't want to be drafting them to be it's going to be slow moving out the gate all that garbage typhoon what's up smitty i see ya keep grinding approved approved tyler lockett intriguing wide receiver three and he's so disrespected you can get him there so i approve that i approve tyler lockett in a very experimental wide receiver three role in your fantasy football 2021 career what are some thoughts on later round qb2 targets in super flex i'll tell you bro order you want some here you go looking down the long list of quarterbacks we're talking like 20 plus We're looking at uh, Taysom Hill. Fitzmagic. That's it. There ain't a lot of deep options, bro. I like Taysom Hill a ton. I think Taysom Hill is not expected to start by many. And even if he doesn't start, guess what he's doing? He's vulturing. Guess what he's doing? Preparing as the team's starting quarterback all offseason long. And if he doesn't win the job, at the very least, he's coming in in between the 20 and in the, in the goal line to vulture a lot of Winston's work. Taysom Hill is a very sneaky QB2 in Superflex, and Fitzpatrick's getting overlooked. Jackie Boy has another question. Akers, Najee... Jack, I like your attitude too. You know, I came at your, your grandma league strong and you're still here, bro. You're still here. Grilled cheese and all. Like I, I appreciate Jack. Jack's become, Jack gets the award of the show for being resilient, not giving up with his questions and getting his way onto the show constantly. Jack, let's give Jack a round of applause. boy, Jack. Appreciate you. Akers, Najee, Harris, C-E-H, McLaurin, C-D, good start. Traded some later, 8, 9, 10 picks to move up. You used the Smitty trade-up technique, didn't you, Jack? You jack of all trades. Akers, Najee, Clyde, McLaurin, C-D. That's a good flex, bro. We like it. We like it. Looks pretty good. Looks like an eight-man league. You're dominating there, bro. Smitty approved, Jack. Grandma lost all the love again. Grandma, everybody send me a clip of their grandma screaming at me or promoting the show. Either way. Can you guys hear that water turn on? Just curious. Next question. I'm pretty resilient with the beating you give me, Smitty. Matt, I don't Matt's pretty resilient too. Let's give Matt Let's give Matt a little 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 love too. Matt, here you go. Matty boy. Andrew Silva dropping in with the super. Atta boy Silva. Silva says. Waller or Akers as a sixth round keeper. Bro, you I mean I'm an Akers not doubter. I'm an Akers optimistical optimistically challenged person. Um and I'll tell you, just for trade value alone, Akers by a long mile. Number one, Andrew, the odds of drafting Akers back over Waller are are slim to none unless this is like an eight point per reception tight end league or a mandatory seven tight end starting lineup like acres is going in in the top 12 but i trade him i i keep him and i trade him i trade him for a jefferson i cross position this bad boy but but acres as a six rounder even if you can't get rid of him at a high value That's a no-risk proposition, man. That builds in all the risk I'm concerned about. And if he's a top 5-10 to running back at 6-round value, Andrew, you will crush it. So, easy call. Easy call. And I appreciate your super chat. Matt, I'm sorry I'm hard on you, Matt. Bring bring the thunder, bro. You know, I think, Matt, the reason I'm hard on you is you've come at me on a few occasions, bro. You've come at me hard on a couple topics, so I, I think I just let you know how i felt about the topic i don't i don't i don't come on you what what's your take on dj moore and claypool who would you pick and why um i don't love i don't love either option i like them i like both options kind of equally number one the rothosberger is declining in talent okay big ben is declining in talent he's got three options he's got to divide the the, the workload to and they're going to run more than they've ever run. Claypool is the most likely to get touchdowns. DJ Moore is uh, is a guy that I think could emerge. But we don't know how he's going to build rapport with his new quarterback. Will he have some bumps in the road trying to do so and build that rapport? Will he be used properly? Um, we haven't quite seen him be ultra consistent. So... I'd probably say DJ Moore over Claypool. I think DJ Moore has the best opportunity to maybe climb into like low end wide receiver one numbers, but you would expect a lot less, right? Don't pay wide receiver numbers for, for DJ Moore, but I'm going to say DJ Moore has got more value than Claypool, but I do kind of like Claypool the most of those, those, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, running back or wide receivers. So people don't like that answer when I say Claypool, but DJ Moore in this situation. Alright, last question. Keeper League. Keeper League. Saquon or Adams. Um, I think you gotta you gotta keep Saquon. I think I wouldn't hate on you taking Adams, but Adams is a little older uh wide receiver. They both could have the same amount of time though, because running backs have a short shelf life. But I feel like the, the value, the trade value alone in Saquon is more than eight than Adams. So therefore, because of that aspect you can trade him i i like saquon more he's gonna get drafted higher so that's an easy that's an easy call even though i love both of them um you wouldn't be crazy to keep adams but i just think you can get rid of saquon more um last question already i'll be back next time i'll throw your question up real quick bro here we go last question mid-second round Take it, that's not your question. Where's your question? Ask your question. Hurry, hurry. You've got 60 seconds, bro. I'm starting the timer over one more time. Thank you, Damon. Smitty approved uh, comment. Smitty approved comment. I'm waiting. Sports, this is your last last second. Dude, you skipped four times. Where's your question, voice? All right. Maybe it's because your question's so long. You know I don't put up long questions, bro. I skip right over them. What grade would you give me and my 12-team Superflex Dynasty full PPR startup? Currently at the end of round six, I have Lawrence, Etienne, Lamb, Judy, Ayuk, Pitts, and Fields. Um, Lawrence, Etienne, Lamb, Judy, Ayuk, Pitts. I like it. Fields. It's kind of one of those teams, bro, that once it develops, you're going to have a lot more of a higher ranking for me. Right now, you've got a lot of developmental guys and pieces involved there. Um, ETNs, I like him a lot, but he's also a big question mark. I love Lamb. I love Lawrence. I love Judy. I love Pitts. I mean, this team could look like a powerhouse in two years, but it, it might be slow moving out the gate for you. But once you get going, I like it. You know, trade... Uh, Voice of Reason, try and trade for one more. Try and give up a future first rounder. Um, Although, be careful because, you know, if you have, like, a bad year or something, you could be giving away a good pick or whatever. But I think if you've got a good player in addition to this, like, if you were able to get, like, a a Clyde, you were able to get a Harris somehow using a future first rounder and something, you could turn this team into a both now and future team. Whereas, if right now, I'm going to give you that future label You know, you just need a couple things to happen in order to turn it into a now team. Last question from Sports is, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, give your ranking in order. I'm going to go in redraft. I'm going to go... God, this is crazy because my ranking doesn't really match where the ADPs are. So, I'm going to say Aaron Jones in redraft one. Eckler 2, Chub3. I know that's not going to sit well with a lot of you. I'm just not a big Chub Silva with the super chat extending it one more round of music. Silver. Silva. S- Silver. <laughs> Silver Silva. I appreciate you. In Dynasty I'm going to go um I might go the same ranking, bro. It's tough. I'm not a big Chub believer. I'm not I mean I know he's talented, but I fear that he's going to get hurt. Silva says Logan Thomas will be a top tight end or late pickup. Yeah, Logan Thomas was the number three overall tight end in 2020 fantasy football. Tunyon was number four. Tunyon had 11 TDs. Logan Thomas was number three. Don't discredit either tight end because both of them appear to be going like in... I don't know, like the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 round range. Like you could find Tunyon in double digit rounds. Yet he had 11 TDs and was number 4 for all tight ends in 2021. A love Robert, Bobby Boy Tunyon in 2021. Um, Logan Thomas will go anywhere between round 8, 9, or 10. He's got great value there. I don't, uh, I, I feel like these are the two most overlooked tight ends in 2021. Appreciate you, appreciate you appreciate you appreciate you i will see you all later austin i'm working on my rap for you guys my austin brothers uh get everything over at smitty1.com that's where all my content is my youtube channel link my all my links to my podcast everything all in one place smitty1.com and don't forget i'm here every tuesday and thursday 5 p.m Eastern, Tuesday and Thursday, two-hour show, every Tuesday and Thursday. And don't forget to order my text message service at heysmitty.com. You want me to text you advice? I'm helping tons of people draft right now. Go to heysmitty.com. And one more question from Rush with a super chat. Rush says, hey, Smitty. Barkley for Acres. Look. This is a tough one. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be shocked if Akers was better than Barkley if he could stay healthy and get all the volume. My concern is that McVay consistently does what you think, doesn't do what you think he'll do with his running backs. And he's done so since the decline of Gurley. And, and everyone thought that they were going to lean on Akers early on in the year. And they didn't. Then Akers got hurt. Like there's a reason Akers didn't do anything until the final weeks of the season and you got to ask yourself, are we going to see something like that in, during the year? Are we going to see a timeshare? Are all you and I'm not. I'm not trying to tell you that Daryl Henderson's going to be great in 2021. I'm not holding on to the fact that I like Daryl Henderson a ton in the past, and they never used him. I'm not using that at all. I'm very unbiased about this. I'm not talking up Handy at all. Look at all my content. But if you think that there's not a shot, they don't do some kind of. 60 40 split and then if Henry get, or if Henderson gets hot and Akers gets a little banged up that they won't do some weird rotation on you, you got another thing coming. Like so I'm cautious, but at the same time, Barkley's coming off an ACL injury. I would say trust your gut, they're very, very close, especially in Dynasty, because Akers is just getting going. Barkley's had a lot of injuries and is not a spring chicken, but does go in the top two or three in Dynasty startups, bro. So, you got to ask your, que- your the question do you believe in one long term? And if not, which one has more trade value? And then make your decision from there. But, Rush, I honestly, man, it's like a 50 50 thing. There's risk on both sides of this equation. And, and you kind of got to just go with your gut because you're the one that's got to start them. And I don't want to sway you when I'm 50 50 myself. I appreciate your super chat, bro. Appreciate all your super chats and contributions to the show. Please spread the word. Tell your grandmas. Smitty1.com. Get them over here. And uh, and again, order my text service. On-demand texting. I have a where is my phone? It's over here. I can get it with my foot. I've got. This is my personal phone. This is my text phone. I care- I literally carry around another phone with me all the time to help you guys with your advice. Look at. AP 28. I'm sending AP 28 a message. Right now. What's up, bro? Are you watching? I'm live. I'm just saying hi to you on the live stream right now to prove that I'm texting with all of my people on my texting service that you can find at heysmitty.com. Yes, this is live. And if you want to rewatch this, bro, it's two hours and ten minutes into the show when I'm talking to you. My boy. My boy. <laughs> I just sent a live message, a live text to one of my heysmitty.com loyal members. That's how we roll. <sighs> Smitty will answer all first day comments that's true. So yeah, uh, thanks for reminding me, Kenny. So once this video posts, I will answer all the comments pretty much that happen in day one. So when this video posts, ask me a question in the comments and I will answer every one of you in day one, all the early comments, sometimes day two, sometimes day three. If you ask me a question as soon as the video posts, it helps the engagement of the actual video and YouTube will then push it to more people. So I will be looking for your comments as soon as the video ends. And I told you I'd shout out anybody that followed me on IG. Kane, thank you for following, triple, quadruple, or whatever, G, Steven, Mike, and the Tank, I appreciate all you. Catch you later on Tuesday, and I'll have some more videos this weekend, later.